Hey guys, and welcome to Corporate Cafe, where we journey through the lives, or more specifically, my friends and I's lives, of trying to figure out this whole adulting thing. I'm your host, Angelina Michael, and I'm completely inexperienced, and my only credibility is that I'm on this journey with you. As I find myself asking the question at the lunch table, now what? You'll be able to follow our conversations and learn from our own experiences. If you like what you hear, just go ahead and tap that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at corporatecafe.us. I graduated college. I've got my degree and maybe even a job. Now what? Please welcome my coworkers, Emily, Derek, Liz, and David. All coworkers are some type of degreed engineer. Wait, what? A bunch of engineers actually talking on a podcast. Yes, we are the unicorns in our field, but these guys make up a great support system and an awesome lunch table crew. You were all an inspiration into this podcast, so I thought it fitting to start with all of you for our first run. So welcome to the lunch table, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm excited that uh, we can start off where this all began, the, the work lunch table at our place of office, if that makes any sense. <laughs> place of office. Yeah, yeah, so we all work together for those uh, listening. In an office. In an office. Yeah. And we eat together in a cafeteria, so. At a table. At a, at a table. And it's during cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's during a lunch hour, so how. Wow. And you know what, how perfect is it that we're recording during our lunch hour? Too perfect. It just, it's <laughs> like 11-11. Okay, so just to get started, let's go around the room, and I want to ask all of you two words that describe your transition from college into the real world. And it doesn't have to be perfectly two words, but something brief. Give us a window into what that life was like for you. So let's start with Emily. I would say my transition into the real world, I felt very lost, so that's got to be my first word, mm-hmm. and then tired my second lost and tired lost and tired yeah and positive all around right and I want (laughs) to I want to go into that more after we go around of why you felt lost okay so yeah let's just get it real personal (laughs) perfect Perfect. (laughs) Derek uh I'm gonna cheat a little bit and I'm gonna say not ideal not ideal why not ideal uh, so I graduated, I'm the oldest one in the room, I guess, amongst us. So I graduated a little bit before most of everybody and I was in the great recession as they call it. And finding the job I wanted when I graduated was a little bit difficult. So I, I found a job pretty quickly, but it wasn't what I was looking for and quickly jumped to another one and eventually to another one before I thought I was happy. Okay. Good. Good stuff to, to circle back to. Liz. Um, Yeah, I would say eye-opening, which I guess could be considered one word, but we'll call it two. Um, I would say in college, you have internships and you have experiences and you think you know what to expect when you start at a full-time job, but you never really do. Eye-opening. David? Uh, Yeah, unprepared (laughs) and what? Um, (laughs) Honestly, there's so much coming at you so quickly, kind of to build off what Liz said. I mean you think you know things because you came out of college and you have to relearn how to do a job. 
Um, so it really, I didn't feel prepared. Yeah, because college makes you smart. Yeah, it makes you smart. You're good at <laughs> learning, and you can like sit in a lecture really well, but they don't have lectures at work, so... Right. Figure out how to do the, oh, sometimes. <laughs> my boss <laughs> Yeah, and I would say for myself, FOMO. I had a huge fear of missing out. I had friends still back in college, and it was just the lifestyle that you have, and you wake up and you're on your own schedule. I missed it. I also missed just being with your friends 24 seven and having someone to hang out with and do things with. So I, I really felt like I was missing out on a lot still happening at school and I wasn't really ready to face uh, the wedding bells, I guess, if you could say that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Did you get, did you get married recently? <laughs> <laughs> but, but later, later. <laughs> um, maybe both. <laughs> but the term is face the music. Face the music, yeah. That's oh, yes. Wedding yeah. bells. Face the wedding bells. I think that's a different one. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, face the music. Face the harsh music of, of uh, corporate America, I guess. So, Emily, let's dig in a little deeper. Um <clears throat> Why lost? Why were you lost? <laughs> what were you looking for? Well, we're all engineers and we all went to the same school. So I think it was a pretty uh, common expectation by our family members and by other people we went to school with that you graduated college already with a signed job offer. You knew what your salary was going to be. You knew what your start date was going to be. You knew where you were moving and when you were moving. And I did not. So I was one of I would say it's probably less than half maybe that graduate from our school that uh, don't have a job lined up. And I was one of those. So lost just being, you know, the engineering crew that we went to school with were really high achievers. And I tried to be one of those people most of the time and not having a, a job offer just makes you feel kind of incomplete or kind of like you're not, not aiming as high as you should be, or you, you haven't done the right things um, because you have the degree and now you're supposed to turn it into money. And I wasn't able to do that out mm-hmm. of the gate. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's why I felt really lost. You know, you have to lean on other people. Yeah. And, job. and the judgment that comes with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, we were, I mean, this, you're used to people just having jobs. And I think for a lot of people, that's not common. It's not mm. common to have that straight out of school, but where we went to school, it was. And so I mean, I was guilty of it. I mean, there's people that I obviously knew why they didn't have a job. Right. <laughs> yes, let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. It made Some sense. Of those people. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, well, what was it? You know? So mm-hmm. I get it. You, I was doing the judging, unfortunately, but um, you're normal. You're, <laughs> you work hard. So I think it goes to show that you, like, that's not the case. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's lots of different paths to, not even success, but stability. There's lots of different paths to finding the next path, I guess. I don't know. It's a terrible analogy. But there's a lot of ways to get to where you want to go. And you don't always have to have that job offer out of the gate. Know exactly exactly where you're going to be. Because like Derek, you said you didn't love it. And I wonder if taking that six months off, feeling kind of lost, and maybe you would have found one you really love. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just different ways. Yeah, Yeah, I, I definitely accepted something that wasn't ideal for me when mm-hmm. I first got out because I was that fear that you said like well I can't just not have something right. so I just took something and continued to look 
while working on the job. Yeah. And we've never really been paid that much money before, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone dangles that much money in front of you, you're like, oh, yeah, I can yeah. deal with a crap right. job. <laughs> totally. I can do that for, you know, however much money. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had had an offer um, with a company that, yeah, they were going to pay me a lot more. But I had heard some not great things about their work-life balance. And even when I was interviewing, they said, work is your life. And so it was, yeah, it was so tempting to want to accept it because of that dollar sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was just, I knew it wasn't going to be the right fit. And I was either going to go there knowing that I would leave the company within one, two to five years, or I could go to a company that I thought I could grow my career with and potentially stay there the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you accept an offer if you're not in love with it? Or do you give it time? It's, it's tough. And I think there's more that weighs into it than just, you know, the that dollar amount and things, too. Because there's a, a morality aspect a little bit. For myself, I was in the energy industry for all my internships. Um, it was, you know, very environmentally destructive looking back at the things we participated in. I didn't feel comfortable wanting to continue a career there. Mm-hmm. Um so I made a shift. It's also very boom bust, kind of like to your thing. Yeah. You know, uh, if the company isn't stable or if their markets are controlled by you know, oil and gas prices, I watched people that I interned with get hired and get fired within the three months that I was in the internship. Wow. And so, you know, you have to be a little choosy on more than just the basics, the mm-hmm. benefits, the pay, because there's a lot of factors out there. Yeah. Yeah, I would piggyback off that to say the same thing. My degree was in chemical engineering, so also the energy industry was where most of my classmates were pretty much tending towards, but I had to kind of make the choice very similar to David that I didn't want to really be in that industry. So right now I'm not doing something that's super applicable to my degree. Some people could say I'm actually in sales. So it is kind of funny, again, with Emily's point about taking different paths and just choosing something that you think is right for you. I feel like all those things went into my decision. Right. Yeah. And I think your support structure, everyone has different support structures and some people may be able to wait a little bit and some people may need something immediately or there's there's always varying degrees of that. And I don't think there's a right answer per se. Yeah. Support structure, civil engineer, anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Derek's a civil engineer. That was pretty good. So how long have you all been, I mean, I know the answer, but how long have you all been working in uh, in the real world after you've graduated? I guess the answer would be, how long have you been graduated for? Um, I guess two years this December. So yeah, just shy yeah. two years. Yeah. Uh, this December will make seven. Wow. Oh, you're old. old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Liz. No problem. Um yeah, I'm almost at one year. Uh, this December will be four. Yeah, and I'm about at two, little over two. So good, good. I think a good uh, sampling. It's too young in here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. That's what we need. Our our young opinions. So, how long did the transition take for you guys from college to industry? And was there a defining moment when it happened? Oh, 
Um, I would say there's not a defining moment because I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, the thing that keeps me from feeling truly settled or truly transitioned is not owning a home. Um, in the city that we live in, it's not like it's unaffordable, but you have to work for a while to be able to afford your down payment. And everybody has different, you know, loans and things that they come with from school. So yeah, I think for me there, I don't know if it will be a moment, but I think it'll be a feeling Mm -hmm. like a feeling of stability. Um, and while I'm renting, it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel super stable yet. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the the term of I'm in my groove or I'm fully transitioned is, I guess, dependent upon your definition. Um, so I've kind of taken a weird path. I am the oldest one in here, but then again, I've also switched my career already. I graduated as a civil, worked in the civil industry for five years, decided I didn't enjoy it, and now I work in engineering sales for an electronics company. Um, so, and I'm I'm a year and a half in, a little over a year and a half in to this new role. So to me, I kind of felt like I upset my apple cart and I'm reworking back into the transition. Mm-hmm. But to go off what Emily said, I I do have a house. I have been married and I just had my first kid. So I will say that, yeah, those are big steps where you're like, I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. I'm not changing my apartment every year. I've been in the same place for a while. I know what my commute is. You know, all right. of those things definitely help with you feeling like you're in a groove. Yeah. And I see Emily laughing because she's been <laughs> moving every year. <laughs> and I move in less than a month. So it's going to be great. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say I, so with me being out of school less than a year, I definitely have not landed in any sort of groove yet. Um, I've also still been living at home with my parents Ooh. for the past nine months. So that does not help. Um, obviously, it's hard for me to feel like settled or like I have my own space. Um, my boyfriend and I are in the process of looking to buy a house, though, this year. So I do think once we have a space to call our own and really establish you know, our roots and get fully settled here, I'm going to start feeling more settled and more like I can get into a groove. But mm-hmm. for now, just still living at home and being near my parents every day, that's that's not going to happen with yeah. me living there. Yeah. Got that mental rent. Yeah, mental, mental rent. rent. Mental <laughs> rent is a real thing. Yeah, I feel like that transition or groove, it almost doesn't happen at the office. It feels like it more happens at home. Yeah. Um, making a home, you know, or taking next steps, getting married, maybe it's buying a car out of college and not running that same Peter you had for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, those things are all happening. Yeah, sure. While you're working, they're funded by work, but it doesn't feel like it happens at work. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to Derek, I just bought my first house. I'm married. Uh, we're expecting our first child. And so there's like, I feel like, you know, you're in a groove when time starts to feel shorter. Like we just found mm-hmm. out we have, you know, 20, 25 weeks to prepare for a kid coming into this world. Um, that feels like tomorrow. And when I was in college, 25 weeks was like, that's till like next summer. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Yeah, that's half a year. That's half a year. A whole year. Yeah. That's so. a lot of Bud Light, too. And that, that's yeah. a ton of Bud Light. Yeah. Let's be honest, it was natural light. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Unless it was Natter Days. No. That wasn't a thing. When Those we were, were now when David was in school. Hey. Uh, <laughs> way back. No, I. Back in my day. 
And I think for myself, and for me, it is at more so at work, I feel that I've been rotating into new positions every six months. And I've introduced my role on a previous episode, but that to me, I've always been the new person. So every six months, I'm the new one. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm constantly having to ask questions. And at this point, I'm kind of just, I'm over it. So two years of that, is it's getting exhausting. And I'm ready to be kind of the seasoned vet. And I try to tell myself, like, you're only two years out of college. You've got to be patient. You're obviously not going to be seasoned enough to know everything. But it does get a little frustrating that I, I rely so heavily on my peers or my authorities to get me through my work day. So I think once I can stand alone and navigate situations on my own, I think that will really be that defining moment for myself. So that, I don't know, I think, I think it's important to discuss because in college, you know, you're going to be new, but you don't necessarily know when that's going to be over. Mm-hmm. And so if we can maybe help to shine a light on what to expect that it may never be over and you have to just be comfortable with being uncomfortable is uh, it, it becomes your norm, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. norm. So was there anything in particular that you guys did that helps when you started working in a new position that you, you feel eased your way into it, especially being the new person? Oh, man. Tough questions. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for Derek, Liz, and I, we work on the same team, and we have the same title at our company. So, I mean, at least for me, Derek started ahead of me. So he had know, three months probably yeah, ahead of me. Months. Yeah, And he had really made – he's in sales, right? So he had made some connections that were so much easier for me to make because he was already there, and you had already learned, you know, three months worth of knowledge that I just didn't have to work as hard to gain because you were there to help facilitate everything. So for me, I think finding an ally very quickly and finding someone that is, whether or not that's a peer or someone who is above you within your company, finding someone who has the heart to teach and really wants to translate to you what they've learned and they don't want to, I think some people find it really fun to watch you squirm and watch you have to work for it, especially if you are new, they're like, well, I had to do it. So, so you, and it's really refreshing to not find, to find someone who doesn't feel that way. They're like, oh, you can have my knowledge. This is great. Let's translate it to as many people as possible. Not, you know, standing from above and watching you really squirm. So that was my biggest help was having Derek here and having him help me through starting this job. Mm -hmm. Almost like you have to go through like a hazing. Kind of, yeah. yeah you're exactly. the new pledge, and you've got to figure it out just like I had to scrub the place. Right, and Derek could have <laughs> totally treated me like a freshman, and he did not, which was so, so nice. Aww, so, how yeah. sweet. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Get deep. Uh, and I guess I'll kind of second that. I mean, I didn't have somebody that was exactly my peer, but I did replace somebody that mm-hmm. went to another position within the same company. So I was able to lean on that individual as well as my parents. Uh, I work at the same company my parents do. So that was also uh, a way of transition, uh, just somebody that you can lean on to kind of help you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so I actually had the pleasure of joining after both Emily and Derek. So I had <laughs> two trailblazers. to live up to. Yes, and they passed on so much knowledge to me and made it so much easier for me to join the team with those two already kind of laying the groundwork before I started. But I guess other than finding allies that are directly on your team, I thought it was really beneficial to find other young people in the company, like you guys that are in the room today, the other engineers at the company that are similar age and that you can just talk to about similar problems. So that was really important for me. Yeah. Um, So I'm like the one of two at the table that's not in sales and, you know, I had to do this on my own. So (laughs) (laughs) I I joke because uh, the program, I joined the same program that um, Ange did and you know, we have peer mentors or people who are, you know, other young, fresh college graduates that are supposed to kind of help you with onboarding. Um, the person I had helped me with onboarding when I was out at our first facility, it was actually at a different facility from the one I'm at currently. Um, she was supposed to like help me for three months. And then the fourth month came around and the reoccurring meeting hadn't fallen off yet. So I still went and showed up. She's like, we don't need to be here. I'm like, yeah, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into, you know, um, us being able to just have a discussion, talk about what's going on. I created a friend group out there. Um, it's the same story, just with a different flavor. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it sounds like definitely finding a, a group that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. It seems so important. And I feel, honestly, I feel terrible for those who go to a company and they don't have anyone to eat lunch with and yeah. they don't have anyone that they can relate with. And so maybe we can be that... Um, ally for them and their their release and their avenue because it it this is kind of uncommon to to have this many young folks and this close yeah. too mm-hmm. yeah it's true well i say that i really don't know let's be honest i've never been anywhere else i've been like what two i had two other jobs previous to this in college that's all i'm i'm speaking of so well i mean i did have a few other jobs they were in other industries but i mean yeah this many young people this close in age i feel like is not super common yeah. right mm-hmm. okay so Things you've noticed that others going through their transition that they may have done wrong. Ooh. I can say that one immediately. Fun. Yeah, please. Yeah, phone use. Phone use and meetings. And I was in a meeting with our CEO presenting. And this person was on their phone the entire time. And I'm like, do they not realize that it looks terrible? And not only does it make this person look ter- terrible, I felt like for myself, it made me look bad because we're the same age group. We get lumped into the millennials are always facing their phone. And it was like they were just proving that stereotype. And so that's one thing that is is super frustrating. And it's not a good look. And honestly, it's not a good look at any point uh, in, in your career, but especially when you're just starting out. Oh, man, that's a good one. I like the the phone usage and kind of making a bad name for our generation as a whole, because now every time our CEO sees someone of our age range, they might think of that interaction mm-hmm. and think that we're the same and expect less from us or, or we wouldn't have the same opportunities. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a thing, maybe even something that I've messed up in my transition. I think coming out of school, um, 
you would do presentations, right? Or you would you would present a technical paper or do a group project, but there's a lot more at stake with group projects at work. And so, you know, you do a like a, a group um score for someone in college but in that way is on the grade that you get in class but when you're working with a group of really diverse people at work you're not going to get a score but it's going to perpetuate and affect you probably more than you realize how you work with that group and how you contribute how you make the people in your group feel about you and about the way that you work I think has many more repercussions than it ever did in school so I think for me it would be someone in transition not realizing the gravity of how they work with other people at work and like how that can affect your future. Yeah, I think those are good ones. Um, I guess another one that comes to mind is social media use. Yeah. And who you add and what you post. Yeah. Or even being on it because in meetings is one thing, but I've found I'm on my phone and it's a couple seconds during the day, but if someone's walking by a couple seconds every mm-hmm. time that I'm doing that, I get really self-conscious that they think that I'm doing that all day long and I'm yeah. on my phone. But they just caught me in the wrong moment. And I've seen people that have Facebook up on their work monitor. Like, I mean, we don't have small monitors. Mm-hmm. We have pretty big monitors. And you just walk by and they're perusing on Facebook. And you're like, yeah. dude, it's, it's 2.15. What are, <laughs> what are we doing? Well, the marketplace yeah. has good deals. <laughs> <laughs> At 215. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Snapchatting at work? Like, what? what's is kind a, of the... Is it a snappable moment? Like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think keeping it to, like, a, a reasonable level. Like, don't be on Facebook for an hour a day. That mm-hmm. would... No, that's not cool. Right. Like, if, you, if it doesn't get in the way of you getting your work done, then go ahead and do what you need to do on social media. I mean, I'm guilty. I Snapchat during the day mm-hmm. and I check Facebook. So, I mean, as long as you can have that self-control and be able to put your phone in your desk and, you know, lock it away yeah. for a couple hours, at the very least, um, it's just about balance and yeah. making sure you're not letting it get in the way. Yeah. And I honestly feel like sometimes I do, I need to flip it over so I don't see a notification or just mm-hmm. put it away. Uh, but there's been days that I really don't have a lot going on. And so I'm kind of like, well, it's not on me that they didn't give me enough to do. I've asked for more. So what else am I going to do? Just sit here and stare? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, also guilty of looking at my monitor and there's a reflection. And I have a lot of people that walk by my desk. Oh. So I look in the reflection of my monitor. To I see do that. Oh, yeah. oh, you have to. All the time. You have to, yeah, I always watch who's coming up behind. Yeah. I don't yeah. have enough time. The door's right there. As soon as the door opens, people are going to see what's on my desk. Dang it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, Yeah. and you can't really hear them coming up the stairs either. No, you can't. No, I just own it. If you see me looking at the news after lunch, I'm looking at the news after lunch. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I feel like, I mean, we're salaried, so it's a little bit different. We don't have explicit breaks. But in my mind, if I had a 15-minute break in the morning and a 15-minute break in the afternoon, and I'm not on any sort of social media or on my phone for more than that amount of time, and I sparse it out. I'm like, okay, well, I took two minutes to Snapchat in the morning and, and three minutes at bed before lunch. That's a lot of time on Snapchat. Do you add I don't know what I'm doing. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how much it's costing the company. Oh, I should do that. <laughs> or a time fee. My salary's not that high. Let's, let's be real. Right. You'll be in but, HR's office next yeah, week. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Just leaked of your time on Snapchat and bring oh <laughs> like a burn book. <laughs> so, I think one thing that Derek said and I want to go into is Facebook. 
or any social media, do you add coworkers, bosses? What's the rule there? Uh, maybe. Yes, <laughs> maybe. So I've, I I kind of had two different philosophies. I, I originally was, I'm not accepting any friends because I was still kind of in college mode. I was still going out to bars and making posts that I probably didn't want to see my coworkers to see. Mm-hmm. Eventually I grew out of that phase and I was like, fine, whatever. I can add people on Facebook. But I think um, that's a tricky decision. Yeah, actually going off of that, I had to check real quick to even see if I had everyone in the room on Facebook. <laughs> because even though you all are my friends, I wasn't entirely sure that I even we were, you know, Facebook friends. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd agree, you know, you have to kind of be careful on who you add. And also careful because you may you may have someone that you respect at work, but people kind of have a different face at work. And mm-hmm. so if you're on their Facebook, you're on their social media and um you know, you might learn something about that person that you don't really want to work with them anymore. And I've definitely had that happen too. Or see something under their work attire that you don't necessarily want to (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah. That doesn't sound like a story at all. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So there is this other person that uh, they post pictures of themselves literally in a bra and a thong, not just underwear. It's a thong. Uh, And so... And this person's friends with, okay, I just say she because I said thongs. Yeah. Well, a guy could wear a thong too. Yeah. A guy wouldn't wear a bra. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. And she's friends with people at work and a lot of people that we work with. And does she just not care? I mean, I'm I'm really trying to understand. I would never, ever want anyone to see what I'm rocking. Or not. I think that just depends person by person. So this specific person, maybe she just wants to be seen that way. Like, for example, Derek, you were talking about how you had this party phase. So on Facebook, you were posting pictures at bars. So maybe this is this girl's. Um, underwear picture face, <laughs> for lack of a better term, but it could be something that she's maybe going to eventually look back on and be like, oh, yikes, yeah. probably shouldn't have been posting like that, but for now, it seems like she's in a certain place in her life where that's something she's comfortable sharing with the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't I can't <laughs> say I agree with it, but... Right. Yeah. There's a whole lot of nervous shuddering in the room right now, for those of you <laughs> We're like, is HR going to walk by? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, we're getting close to time, so let's just go around the room. If you had to have one thing that college didn't teach you and name a class after it, what would it be? It doesn't have to be clever, but what would it be? Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Don't be a dick 101. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just too many people who come in thinking like they know it all because they left college with all this, you know, Great GPA, all of his book learnings, and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to combine public speaking and interpersonal skills. So that's going to be the the name. It's a long one. Mm-hmm. But both of those things, I think, are very important. And um, I feel like younger people coming into the workforce don't realize the importance of your body language in meeting rooms, the way you are speaking to people, whether or not it's like giving a presentation or just talking one-on-one with something, someone, I think those skills are very important. Mm-hmm. 
Good luck getting engineers to take that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Required to graduate. Like yeah. <laughs> that should be their foreign language. That should be a, a reality TV <laughs> show. Engineers in public yeah. speaking. Engineers <laughs> trying to talk. <laughs> That's us right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there. I would say uh, financial basics, like mm. learning how to make a budget, how to manage all this new money that you've been given, how to go through the mortgage process, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Just very high level. Mm-hmm. Here's the basics of what you're about to experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it would have to be kind of similar to David's, but maybe even on the other end is how to deal with shitty people and not be a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, I, you know, you're going to meet such a diverse group of people. I mean, you think college is diverse. Don't. It's not. Right. I mean, it is, but especially for the school that we went to. There, there was a lot of diversity, but we were all engineers, right? Yeah. So we all had kind of similar personalities in some ways, and you are not going to find that at work. And diversity is great, but it can be difficult to deal with, and it can be difficult not to react poorly to. So how to deal with, and I'm not saying diversity means shitty people, That probably I probably should have said that <laughs> differently, but how to deal with people whose styles are different. Yeah. When, yeah. Diversity, when diversity kind of turns weird. How yeah. to deal with that and not make yourself look like a jerk. Yeah, I think I would title my course uh, The Nancys and the Cathys. <laughs> you know, like the negative Nancys and the chatty Cathys. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Just, you know, just, I just like about what... speaking of the managers all. <laughs> when you said Nancys. <laughs> so, I mean, basically what Emily said how do you work with different personality types and some people who haven't had a higher level of education and some people who uh, just don't get social norms. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on our, uh, really our first episode. So it was great having you all and I'm sure you'll be back at some point in time. Thanks. Looking forward thanks to for it. Bye. All right. <laughs>